Amen. Well, thank God for another opportunity to be here tonight. Amen. And uh, thank the Lord for His goodness and for His mercy. And uh, thankful for another day to wake up and uh, be able to live for the Lord. Amen. And uh, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't reckon there's anything else out there I'd rather be doing. And uh, and I just I, I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, to serve my God. And uh, I'm thankful for uh, the church. And uh, we have thoroughly enjoyed our, our visit here, and uh, we have enjoyed the services, we've enjoyed the worship, we've enjoyed the preaching, and uh, we've enjoyed it all. And uh, it's, ref- it's, been, it's been refreshing to us and helping uh, us, and uh, we're thankful for that. And ask that you continue to pray for us as we leave. We'll be leaving out Saturday, November 24th at about 6 o'clock, flying out of Atlanta Airport there. And so I ask you all to pl- uh, please pray for us and uh, get down there and get adjusted, and then uh, Lord well, and starting in January, we have some very exciting things going to be taking place, and uh, I'm excited and looking forward to what the Lord has for our family in Guatemala. Amen. And uh, thank you, church, for always praying for us and always keeping you. In, keep we keep you, sorry, and our prayers. And um, uh, we just uh, there's not a, there's not a day that goes by that we don't think of the church and think of at least half the people. Amen. And uh, but we're thankful that to see the Lord's working and thankful to see the boys growing in the Lord and playing and all that. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to play favorites here, but I'm telling you, them Wilson boys. Uh, I mean, brother Dave. Or Miss Melody, one of them's got to learn who's get who's got the, where'd they get the voice from? I don't know, uh, but I don't know if they can sing. Y'all need to start, start singing together as a family, amen. And so, uh, but uh, if they didn't, then I want to know where y'all learned to sing, and I need to get uh, that information, amen. And so, uh, but um, anyways, take your Bibles tonight, and I've been praying this afternoon. And uh, had a message that I really wanted to preach. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I mean, I was excited. And when preacher asked me to preach the other day, I said, boy, I can't wait to preach that. And I uh, got down to my study today. And the Lord wouldn't leave me alone about this message. So uh, it'll be all right. Amen. I'd, I'd just rather go with God than sit here and uh, preach a message that's supposed to be high and it be dead as 4 o'clock. Amen. And so if you will, Proverbs chapter 29. And we'll be in verse, and you don't have to stand. It's just one small phrase here that I want to look at. Proverbs chapter 29, and we'll be in verse uh, 18. The Bible says here, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And I want to take a look at that scripture here tonight, look at some things that uh, we need to get our vision on. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to bow in your presence once again. Lord, we thank you, God, for the ability it is, God, that you've given us to pray. And God, we thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to come before you, such a holy God. And Lord, we get to come before you and ask uh, for your help in our life. And God, we ask you tonight for the help in this message, God. I pray that you would touch us and fill us, dear God. And I pray tonight for this missionary that Miss Thelma brought up. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just please touch this missionary family, whatever they're going through tonight. God, I pray you touch the ones that are in the jails tonight preaching there at Silverdale. I pray you touch the men as they preach, God. And I pray for Pastor tonight as he's preaching. I pray that you'd fill in the power of God. And I pray, dear God, that we'd see many souls saved. And God, that we could give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. As we read this passage of Scripture here, uh, it's pretty evident what the Bible's saying. Amen. Uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I thought about that one day as I was sitting, just studying and pondering on this verse, uh, that sometimes even physically our vision gets a little blurry. Uh, now, with me, uh, I mean, my eyes, I guess back uh, when the volcano erupted in uh, Guatemala, my eyes just kind of went really went, went bad downhill very quickly. And so my, uh, my eyes, though, got very blurry. Blurry and my vision wasn't as clear. And I tell you, when I got back here, got my eye exam, got these new glasses, man, I'm telling you, it was just like seeing a whole new picture of things. I mean, everything was clearer and better. And you know, I think that's how it is in our spiritual lives sometimes. Uh, a lot of times we get our minds on uh, us. Amen. We get our minds on our family, our clique, our people, our group, our little social circle. And, but I believe a lot of times our mind gets on other things that really just don't really matter, amen? And tonight I want to see some things that uh, we need to get our vision on. First tonight, I want to say that we need a vision, uh, we need a vision of Him, amen? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore God has also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Tonight I want to say we need a vision of Him. Now here it is in 2018 and it seems like many songwriters now, listen I'm for great songs, I'm for songs about Him being good and the Lord being taking care of me. I love those songs but I believe we've turned our focus on Him just when He's good, on when He's just being good but friend can I say to you tonight, the reason we're serving God, the reason we worship God is not because He's been good to us, but we worship Him because He is just good. Amen. God is just good all the time. And I want to say tonight that we need a vision of Him. We need a vision of Him in the cradle. Amen. Hey, listen, I still haven't forgot, hey, that there are Christ, our Lamb of God. Hey, that He was born of a virgin. Thank God. Hey, listen, I'm thankful that tonight, hey, that there is no other God, hey, out there in the universe of religion, hey, that they had a Christ, they had a God, they, they had a Savior, hey, that was born of a virgin, thank God, hey, not just that, but I want to say thank God for the childhood of Christ, amen, I believe he was 100% God, 100% man, I believe he was perfect, amen, hey, I don't believe he ever hit his hand as he was working in carpentry, hey, I believe he was perfect all the time, I don't think he ever stumped his toe, I don't think he ever tripped over a rug. Hey, I'm telling you, Jesus was perfect. Hey, and I say thank God tonight, hey, that we get to serve Him. Thank God. Hey, we need a vision of Him in the cradle in His childhood. But what about a vision of Him on the cross? Hey, we need to go back and think about the cross of Calvary. Hey, how Jesus wept and was and was and was spit on and, and bled and died. 
them was mocked. Hey, for you and for I, friend. Hey, I say thanks be unto God. Hey, for Calvary tonight. Because without Calvary, we would have no vision. We see the cross, we see, but then we see his coming. Friends, tonight, I don't know, and I've heard it said my whole life, Jesus is coming soon. But I still believe it. And friend, I want to live my life in the light of his coming. Meaning that at every second that goes by, every morning that I wake up, I need to have it in my mind, hey, that this could be the day, hey, where the clouds split and the Lord reaches down and says, come up hither. Hey, friend, can I say to you tonight, we as Christians need to be living for God every single day, every single minute, every single second of our life needs to be bringing honor and glory to his precious name. We've got a mindset that ministry is just for the church. I want to tell you, ministry starts the most when you leave those doors. Friend, we need a vision of Him. We need a vision of Him and His holiness. We need a vision of Him uh, that He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords. We need a vision of Him of just how good He is. Amen. I'm telling you, friends, tonight I'm thankful for those songs. But I like just to say He's good. And he's good because he's God. Amen. There's none like unto him. There's nobody like him. Hey, there's nobody ever been born like he was born. Hey, nobody ever lived like he lived. Hey, nobody ever died like he died. And Frank, can I say tonight, nobody's going to come back like he's coming back, church. We need a vision for him tonight. Not only do we need a vision of him, but I want to say secondly tonight, we need a vision of the harvest. We need a vision of the harvest. As we look in Matthew chapter 9 tonight, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38, y'all know I'm a missionary, y'all know I couldn't skip the harvest, amen. The Bible says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Can I say to you tonight, friend, here in these verses, we first see, we see the number. Verse 37, the Bible says, the harvest truly is plenteous. 7.6 billion people live on planet Earth. 7.6 billion people About 2.3, 2.5 billion of those are professed Islamics. The other percentage, you go down, Catholicism, uh, Protestants, you have uh, uh, Hindus and Buddhists. The smallest minority is true Christianity. And when I say Christianity, I'm not talking about Catholicism, Amen. The world likes to put Catholicism in the category with Christianity, but friend, that's not Christianity. So when we think about that number, friend, it's almost, I mean, we can't even comprehend the fact that there is most likely billions of souls dying and going to hell this very night. So we sit here in the comforts of our church, carpet, padded pews, air-conditioned, lots, We'll get out after service, get in our cars, leave, go home, 
We'll get to read our Bibles with our families tonight. We'll get to wake up with mercy and joy and gladness in our hearts tomorrow. All the while, there's a world outside of that that are lost and dying and going to hell. And friend, when we look at the number of those, boy, I tell you, it ought to break our hearts. It ought to humble us. It ought to, it ought to make us thankful, hey, that we grew up here in the South where we could hear the gospel preached to our souls. Hey, and we were able to get saved at an early age, most of us. But can I say there is still a number outside of our four walls but we got our eyes on everything else. Now this, I'm not unpatriotic, and please don't get that in your mind. But we get our minds on what people are. Well, them are terrorists. Them are immigrants. And we categorize people. Those are sodomites. That's that crowd, that's that crowd, that's that, and we categorize them. Let me just say this. When we look at people, we ought to look at them with one intention. That is a soul of man. Inside, underneath those tattoos, underneath the facade of homosexuality, underneath the color of their skin, underneath their anger, and underneath their sin, there is a soul that needs to be saved. And if not, they will die and go to hell. We almost laugh at the fact of fighting and battling and bombing. Now, I understand we're Americans. We stand for our country. But friend, there is something wrong with an individual, hey, that doesn't see the soul of man. Instead, they see it for their self. What's more important here tonight? That number out there. They need Jesus. You see the number, then we see there's a neglect. The Bible says, but the laborers are few. Last time I checked, they say that, I mean, everybody you talk to is a Christian. I mean, even if everybody at the preacher's meetings are preachers. (laughs) But yet when the jails open up, they're sitting at the house. But yet when the opportunity to go down the road and preach Jesus on the side of a corner somewhere, they're sitting on the couch. When the opportunity to go out and to use our legs that God has given us to knock on doors, where are they at? Sitting at the house. The laborers are few. Here's the thing here tonight. They're not few in necessarily number, but they're few in desire. They have the form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. You said, what are Joshua even talking about? I'm going to say this right here. There's something wrong with a Christian that doesn't have a desire to win souls. There is a major problem going on in your system of Christianity. Hey, when there is no desire in your life to see souls come to Christ, hey, to see them saved from hell, hey, to see their life changed, hey, there's something wrong with a child of God that can say, everything's okay around me. Friend, you think about the waitresses and the waiters that'll give you your food. 
You think about the people that you go through at the drive-thru. I don't care if it is Chick-fil-A. They need Jesus too, amen? Hey, every, place, every time we go through somewhere, that person on the other side of that window could be lost and dying and going to hell. Hey, we don't know what that person's going through. Hey, we don't know what's going through that person's mind there at the store as we pay for all of our things. And we're happy, happy Christians all the while on the back side of their soul. Hey, they're empty. They're without God. There's a, there's a damn soul hey, that will go to hell unless they hear about Jesus. I heard a preacher say at one time, if you had the cure for cancer, you wouldn't keep it to yourself. You'd tell everybody you knew. From we had the cure of death and hell. Why are our mouths closed? Why do we pass them up and pass them up? All the while, friend, we're living our life. We're having a good time. All the while, souls dying and going to hell. Be a laborer. You say, Brother Josh, I'm not a preacher. It don't matter. You're a Christian. And friend, the Bible says here, he told the disciples, I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to live for him. I want to walk where he walks. I want to live. I want to do what he does. And if I'm going to do that, I have to go out, not just on visitation. You better be here. But not just on visitation. Every day of your life, you're to be a soul winner. I ask you this question. What do your neighbors know about you? Well, they see me getting in my vehicle every Sunday with my shirt and tie on, and I assume they think I go to church. What do they know about you? Do they know the story that's inside of you of how Jesus changed your life and gave your, changed your home and, and gave you hope in this world? What do your neighbors know? There's a neglect but just not the neglect, but there's a need. The Bible says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors. And so let me just say this, everybody in here ought to pray for labors. Brother Blue said it good one time. He said he knows some Christians that pray so hard for labors it's because they're scared they don't want to get called. <laughs> pray for the labors. Let me tell you what's the most hardest thing in Guatemala. So we get on those highways there, Brother Brian, and we'll pass village after village after village without any gospel witness. And I think about that, and I think, well, I'm only 28. <laughs> but how, Brother Daniel, how will I ever reach all that? We look at Chattanooga. Chattanooga used to be, I mean, stomping grounds for Christianity. But, I mean, I'm sorry, but Chattanooga has become a wasteland of true Christianity. And there are countless souls dying and going to hell. But when we look at this city, 20 and 30 can't do it. Everybody's got to pitch in and say, you know what? We need a vision of this harvest in Chattanooga. We need a vision of Rossville, Georgia. We need a vision of Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. We need a vision of Ringo, Georgia. We need a vision of Flintstone, Georgia. We need to know that there are souls, countless souls dying and going to hell. We need to pray for those that are laboring on the field. I'm not saying that because I'm a missionary, but hey, pray for us. When we first got down to Guatemala, I thought, man, it's pretty easy here. There ain't no religious persecution. It's kind of open to the gospel. And one Sunday, I was preaching in one of the areas that we were at, and 
it was preaching on the doctrine of baptism. And I hit baby baptism as hard as I could hit it. Because most of them grew up Catholic and they need to know it's wrong. About two weeks later, I sat down with old man of God. Been down there since 1990. I told him, I said, yes, sir, I've been preaching on doctrines just this past couple weeks. I've been preaching on the doctrines. I went and told him all that and he said, be careful. And I said, well, what do you mean? I can't say this word to save my life. Y'all might know what I'm talking about. Jesuits, I think is what you call them. Jesuits. They're the Catholics uh, that killed Christianity uh, or Catholics that killed Christians for preaching against other things. He said, yeah, that city that you're in, yeah, it's one of the biggest cities that that has those people. I was like, okay. (laughs) That's good to know after I've already done it. He began to tell me, he said, yeah, there was a charismatic guy uh, they had preached against. He had just said a few lines about baby baptism. They said he went to the next, the next week. They went to a service and they said they found the pastor in the baptistry dead. And I thought, well, okay. There is. It's, it's here. I didn't know that. But you know what? For some reason, nothing came into my heart fear. I thought, well... I've read of stories of men of old that have given their life for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've read of stories of men that labored and went against the Catholic church and were hung and were, they, were, they were put in the street upon crosses and their, their heads were cut off. And I've read those stories and I lifted my hands up and I said, Lord, I'm here to serve you and that the worst thing that can happen to me is my head get uh, chopped off. I get to go to glory hey, as a martyr, thank God. Hey, I want to serve him. Hey, no matter the cost tonight. We need to pray for our labors. When was the last time you went down the list of our missionaries and you prayed for them? Brother Blue asked this one time. I was in a missions conference with him. And he asked this. And it, I mean, I about just crawled underneath the pew here. I'm a missionary. He said, how many of y'all know your missionaries? And everybody in church raised their hand. He said, yeah, we know them. And then he asked the question. He said, how many of them can you name? And I thought, well... Okay. I ask you that tonight. So, Brother Josh, I mean, we give them money. Yeah, but friend, let me just say this. I'm thankful for that. But hey, let me just say this. Prayer will do a lot more. Friend, pray for your missionaries. Pray for those serving. Get a list of those missionaries and pray for them daily that God would use them. Hey, friend, it is our job as Christians to go to Africa and to reach the souls, but we're not called to do it. So what do we do? We send the missionary and we send him to go, but we don't send him alone. We send him with prayer, thank God. We season that man in prayer. Hey, why? Because it's our job as Christians Get the, the gospel to a dying world. When's the last time you've prayed specifically for your missionaries? Friend, we need to get a vision of the harvest. We have no time. We have no time to wait around. We have no time to just live our life and have a good time. I'm telling you, I mean, listen, we've been off the, off the, out of the States for a year and it seems like everything's changed. Everything's, I mean, I'm lost. Getting, I mean, getting caught up with everything. I can't figure stuff out. I'm like, technology, I mean, that fast changed on us. And I was just like, couldn't figure stuff out. Things are just getting faster and faster and faster and faster. I mean, we got, we got fans at Chick-fil-A now. I mean, we have, I mean, we are really just getting so, 
I mean, we're just, I mean, it's getting bad. I mean, we're just getting spoiled rotten while the world around us dies and goes to hell. How's your vision of the harvest tonight? Not only that, but lastly tonight, Luke chapter 16, I want to say that we just don't need a vision of him and of the harvest, but we need a vision of hell. No preacher preached this a couple weeks ago and I don't have to spend much time labor on it. But I want to see real, two, real quickly two things here in, in Luke 16 about uh, these men, this man in hell. Uh, the Bible says in verse 24, six, uh, chapter 16, he says in verse 24, and he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Everybody in here tonight has a lost loved one, a lost family member, a lost friend, a lost enemy, a lost co-worker that you're thinking about right now. Let me ask you this. Could you stand to listen to them cry out for mercy? Back in June when the volcano erupted, for whatever reason, God wanted us to go down there on ground zero. Now listen, we see tornadoes and thunderstorms. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I ain't never seen a volcano before. We get down there. I mean, there's stuff everywhere. Ambulances, National Guard. I mean, all kinds of different things. And I thought, what on earth am I here for? What am I going to do? It was just like the Lord said, just be still. I sat down and just amongst all these people just weeping and crying. They was looking for their families. I mean, over a thousand people, truthfully, a thousand people died during this whole thing. People all over the place sitting and weeping, sitting and crying. And I was sitting there, just my mind was just, I mean, I was just so overwhelmed at just the, the devastation that had taken place. And out of nowhere, I hear this little girl lift up her voice, Mama! She went on to scream for her daddy. She went on to scream for her children, or for, her, for her brothers and sister. Crying out for him. Why me? Why me? Why me? Why am I left here? And Brother Daniel, was, as I was sitting there, it was just like the Holy Ghost said, You hear that? How many this afternoon, this evening, are burning in hell? We have the mindset of, where's my mama? Where's my daddy? Why me? Why am I here? Separated eternally from their family. They're crying for mercy. Hope that God would let us hear them. Heard a preacher say that if we were to take back the carpet and take the foundation back and if we were to take back the soil of this earth and we were to see into hell that within just a tenth of a second the sound, not even the, the sight, but just the sound of hell people would run to the altars. People would waste no time getting there. They're crying for mercy, but not only that, but I want to say that they're crying for missionaries. This man asked Abraham, he says, uh, send, send, uh, send Lazarus to my brethren. I have five brethren. Will you send him there, please? And Abraham looked at him and said, no, he's got the prophets. 
Let them hear him. Honor tonight if there's anybody in hell that remembers you sharing the gospel with them. And they're crying out and saying, send them, send them. They told me and I rejected, send them, send them. They'll go and they'll boldly tell my family about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Truth is tonight is people in hell are more compassionate, consistent, and broken and their prayers for their lost family members than we are most times. They know what it is. They're there. They're broken. They're in hell. They feel the flames. They're in torments. And nobody in their right mind would want their family to go to that. But once again, sometimes our vision becomes so blurry. We get caught up in life. We just get on the hustle. Busy, 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 busy. That we forget. Some of y'all got kids tonight. Some of y'all got kids tonight that are dying and going to hell. Some of y'all got grandkids here tonight that are dying and going to hell. Some of you got aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters. I don't know if uh, he's here tonight, uh, little Smith boy. I, I'll never forget their whole family. Pray for Uncle Joe. They've prayed for him for, I mean, I reckon since we were in the juniors in 2012, 2013. Every single service, Uncle Joe, pray for him. He needs to get saved. Uncle Joe, pray for him. He needs to get saved. You know, that stuck with me. His name did. Here it is Wednesday night. We usually have prayer requests. And here's the truth here tonight, friend, and I'm, I'm done. Is most of the time, we spend more praying to keep people out of heaven than we do keeping people out of hell. We'll pray for people because they have cancer. We'll pray for people because they have sickness. But for some reason, people that are lost and dying and going to hell, sometimes their mind just forgets them. I ask you tonight, how's your vision of hell? The truth is tonight, if you want a vision of hell, if you want a vision of the harvest, the way to make that right is you've got to have your vision of Him right tonight. If your vision of Him is right, your vision of the harvest will be right, the vision of hell will be right. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Brother Josh, that's where I'm at. You know what? This real quickly. I've been here, we've been here for a month and a half about. About a month ago, I caught myself getting comfortable. It's just easier here. I mean, just honest. It's easier. And I went to my place of prayer and I said, Lord... I don't want to be comfortable. I asked the Lord, y'all gonna think I'm crazy. I asked the Lord, make me miserable. I said, don't let me hardly enjoy anything. I want to get back. Their soul is weighing in the balance. And may we as Christians go forth with the word of God, with a vision of Him, of the harvest in hell, with a fire in our soul to win the lost and to glorify God in everything that we say and do. You can stand and start the invitation.